This podcast is based exclusively on the real-life experiences of two bisexual cis women and their internet research. Sexual identity is deeply personal and influenced by intersecting identities, demographics, and circumstances. Rose and Annie do not speak for the bisexual experience of all individuals or the bisexual experience as a whole. In short, they don't know shit. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Rose, and I use the pronouns she and her. Hi, I'm Annie, and I use the pronouns she and her as well. And we're here to provide some context about the bisexual experience by sharing stories, getting advice, and talking about queer people we like. What are we gonna what are we gonna be talking about today? We're gonna talk about allies. I just realized that I have to close another window. I'll be right back. Oh. Now I finally have you alone. I've been waiting to tell you about my feelings for you and how I'm going to be the breakout star. Oh, hey. What was that? Nothing. Don't even worry about it. Nothing's <laughs> going on. We'll find out soon enough. Everything's fine here. <clears throat> yeah, allies. You might know of them. You might be one. We don't have on our notes, but I feel like we need to start by giving a general definition of an ally. I'll wing it. Hell yeah. And you can correct me. Well, okay. I'm not really qualified to do that, but okay. That's all right. We're specifically talking about allies to the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, So those are people who don't themselves identify as members of the community, but support and love people who do. I would edit that just a little and say that you can be an ally if you are part of the LGBTQIA plus community you can be an ally to other parts of that community. That's a really great point. We're going to get into some ways to be, I guess we say to be a good ally, but any step that you're making to be an ally is likely a good maneuver. Annie, what do you think is one of the fundamental things, like one of the first things you should do to be a good ally? The best thing you can do as an ally is find reasons to celebrate with your queer friends. Oh, I love that. Find, find a way to celebrate when someone comes out to you. Celebrate. Buy them an ice cream cone. When someone comes out to you, celebrate it. Not Nothing over the top, but like find a way to say like, hey, congrats. That was very brave. Uh, when someone confides in you, celebrate discreetly. When someone sheds their toxic viewpoints, if, if you're talking to someone who is not part of the queer community, and you've been doing the very good and cool ally thing of trying to educate them about why queer people are really cool, and they finally say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. You were right. I was being hateful. Find find a way to say, like, hey, what you've done is amazing. And it can be as simple as saying, hey, I heard how you phrased that, and it was very inclusive and nice. Yeah, and I, Great job. I appreciate it, and I know other people appreciate it, too. Just make sure that whenever you're celebrating queerness with, with you know, either people who identify as queer or when you're celebrating queerness amongst other allies or people who are attempting allyship, just make sure that you are reinforcing the idea that queerness is something that's fulfilling And it's fun and it it deserves to be celebrated and take a real strength-based language approach to it. Yes. We're going to talk about 
um, some of the specific scenarios you might find yourself in or specific ways that you can put those ideas and the strength-based language and celebration into practice. So one of the first scenarios you might encounter is somebody coming out to you. Primarily, there's two different ways that somebody will come out to you, and some of this advice applies to both of those scenarios. One would be informally. So for example, when Annie and I met, she mentioned having dated a woman in college. So then I knew Annie was at least queer. I also knew she was dating a man. So I assumed she was bisexual. <laughs> um, you were right. Bingo. Yeah, you She it. might not have been. But so that's, the, that's an informal scenario versus if Annie and I had been friends for a while and she sat me down and said, hey, I want you to know this about me. I'm bisexual. That's a more formal scenario of coming out. You might want to handle those two different scenarios in slightly different ways. I'm going to preface all of my advice by saying that I mostly crowdsourced. I did a little bit of research this week, but I mostly went to some subreddits, all of which we'll list in the show notes, and asked people what makes a good ally to the queer community. Yeah, and I should say that I didn't do jack shit research. (laughs) (laughs) And all of my, what I'm about to say is based on real lived experiences that are a little bit skewed towards making me look like a good person. <laughs> um, also totally valid. I'm sure all of these people's responses were the exact same thing for them. So one of the, I guess we'll start with informal because that has the least do's and don'ts around it. What I heard from a lot of people is that when you're mentioning it in just an informal setting, if I didn't know anything about Annie and she's like, my boyfriend and I are thinking about moving in together. I'm not going to say, look, I want you to just know I'm really cool with you having a boyfriend. My aunt actually has a husband. So like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's so brave of her. It's so brave of you. Because Annie's just fucking existing. That's crazy. Yeah. If somebody's not formally coming out to you, a neutral, this is a normal thing reaction. You don't have to immediately announce that you are an ally to the community. Your actions will show that. Yeah. This is, um, I think this is maybe a false equivalency, but this is like if someone mentions their military service at a party and you like put your hand on their shoulder and you're like, thank you for your service. <laughs> it's like, nope, not necessary. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, no, I was, I was talking about the free blooming onion that I get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just had this conversation. <laughs> Shout out to our friend Matt. Thank you for your Thank service. Thank you for your service. <laughs> I guess the other scenario would be if somebody more formally comes out to you. You may have been in this situation. You, you may have been the person who is doing the coming out. But usually if you're taking the time to formally come out to someone and like take a minute and be like, hey, come over here. I have something to tell you. Um, it's really nice to have the person that you're coming out to just like listen to the full story until there's a pause you know the type of pause where maybe you should say something and react positively. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them that you know that this can be very stressful, but you appreciate them taking the time to tell you about themselves. Um, definitely don't tell them that they're confused. 
don't yeah not necessary to do that uh don't make any assumptions which in, in this case especially very dramatic assumptions oh well now your parents are gonna throw you out how do you live where you live <laughs> yeah how do you live where you live that's a great one like i it's i just live i am a human i can breathe and eat still so i'm just living i guess which we'll talk about in a little bit how to ask questions that you have particularly about an individual's experience you're allowed to have questions and you're allowed to ask questions well you're allowed to ask if you can ask questions but not right away yeah yeah yeah. just let them this is like you if you listen to our coming out episode you know that coming out is like scary it's really scary and it takes a lot of energy and as someone who's come out my mind has just gone to like all of the worst case scenarios and never the like best case scenarios of coming out I've also had the situation where I've come out to someone and they've asked like how many women have you been with or like oh you must be really good at like blank sexual act Uh. and they always it's sorry guys it's usually a guy and they usually I think mean it to be flattering like oh let's compare numbers or whatever let's like measure each other's dicks but it's not (laughs) because I'm freaking out inside Mm -hmm. and I don't this isn't that's not why I did it this is not the time not we're the not time. having a conversation about number of sexual partners or sexual experience we're having a conversation about a part of my identity yeah I just went right back to a place where I came out to somebody and they asked me a really graphic sexual question oh, yeah and it made me feel like I'm not valid if I haven't done these things and It's almost like prove it to me. You don't have to have done anything sexual or romantic with anyone to identify as any sexuality. Right. Yeah, basically when someone is asking, oh, how many people of this gender have you been with? It's like reducing your whole identity to a number of sexual acts. And it's like, it's not the point. (laughs) It's not the point. It's not the point. And it's not something that you would ever do with a straight person. Yeah. Yeah. You would never be like, well, how many people of the opposite sex have you had sex with? Yeah. Opposite gender. Definitely ask them to clarify who they are out to. Uh, if you, you know, can start talking about them in a way that clues other people into their queer identity. And if they say no, keep that confidentiality. They probably have a real good reason for it. And thank them. Thank them for sharing because it's hard. Super hard. It's hard. Um, I'm also just going to read the headline items from PFLAG's tips. In case you don't know, that's parents, friends, and family of lesbians and gays. I'll talk a little bit more about PFLAG later, but they have quick tips for supporting your LGBTQ kids and yourself during the coming out process. Um, I'm just going to read the headlines. Lead with love. Listen with intention, show subtle support, learn the terms. You might want to start with our previous episode to learn some of the terms. Learn the terms. And then they have tips for self-support. Remember that you're not alone. Remember that your feelings are also valid. Remember that this is a journey. And remember that you are also important. 
So you can find all of those on pflag.org if you are finding yourself in that situation and want to learn a little bit more about what they mean. Yeah, pflag is awesome. I feel like I said in the beginning that you should celebrate uh, when someone comes out to you and then I, I listed like all these things that you shouldn't do that I think a lot of people would interpret as celebration. You know, trying to dig deeper and like ask a bunch of questions about like their sexual history. But like in this initial conversation where they're coming out to you, like just just celebrate with a like, that's great. Thanks for telling me. I'm so glad I know this about you. I'm really happy. I feel like first conversation is not about you getting information and details and specifics. The first conversation is about reassurance. Yeah. I love you. I support you. Whatever you need, tell me. I want to be here for you. Yeah. And Rose has a note here that I think is really good. Part of the celebration is like outwardly celebrating, showing joy, responding to someone who's formally coming out to you by saying like, oh, I don't care about that. It stinks. It's really shitty. (laughs) I have somebody on Reddit wrote, when I came out to people, they said, I don't care. And it just killed me. I was waiting forever to tell them a big secret that held me back. So feeling like that worry was for nothing, put it all onto me. That felt awful, especially when these people had made homophobic remarks in the past. So it's important to have a reaction. Yeah, have a reaction. Have it be a celebratory reaction, a joyful reaction. Yeah, the I don't care thing. I hate that. It sucks. It's an attempt to be normalizing, but it's a big deal for somebody to be formally coming out to you. Mm -hmm. People might not always formally or informally come out to you. So what do you do if you have a pretty good feeling that somebody is queer, but you haven't been told exactly what their sexuality is? Mm, Great question. This was an issue. This is an issue I ran into in college um, when I myself was like, am I queer? Am I a lesbian? Am I straight? What am I? The people who surrounded me in my life at that time were like, what the fuck is going on with her? (laughs) If any of them had asked me about it, I would have been like, listen, I got no info. Do you know something (laughs) I don't know? Because I need some help. I got no info. But it would have been better than what a lot of them did, which was to like start talking about me as if I was a lesbian or if I was just experimenting or like bi curious, hilarious word that existed a lot more back then. And not not ever asking me what was going on. I'm sure some people feel different and they they wouldn't appreciate being approached and being like, what's going on with you? What's your sexuality? You have to tell me you owe me an answer. But I think there is a, a time and a place to sit down with a friend who you notice is like going through some life stuff about their sexuality and be like, hey, I, uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but I love you. And I'll love you no matter what happens. <laughs> I When I came out to my family um, by just being like, what's up? I brought my girlfriend to this family vacation. <laughs> Hope nobody has a problem with that because we're here. Um, two of my aunts told me stories about having been in love with women. Oh, yeah. Before getting involved with my getting involved before marrying my uncle's. 
And I feel like if I had known that it would have been helpful earlier on to not feel like I couldn't possibly be with men for the majority of my romantic history and then also be with women. It would have been very helpful to know that other people had been interested in both, maybe were still interested in both, and just found the people that they were going to end up with. I, and again, this may be different for other people, but like I always love hearing a story of like an ancestor who people suspected was queer or like a close personal friend who turned out to be part of the queer community as long as they had a happy ending. <laughs> have to have a happy ending. Do not tell me bummer. Do not tell me any tragic stories if I'm coming out to you. I do not want that shit. <laughs> no. That's actually a really good another thing not to do. Yeah. Don't be like, oh my gosh, my cousin was gay and here's what happened. Yeah. If it's not they fell in love and they have a hundred dogs. I'm not interested. But just in the course of regular life, as you're telling more about your life and your family, tell those stories too mm-hmm. and display your reaction to them. Like, oh, I thought it was really cool when I found out this thing about my aunt. I never knew that about her and it really let me get to know her better. Yeah. And showing that like I have had experience with this and I am supportive and loving of that yeah not like I have a gay friend that's not what we're talking about yeah oh I have lots of gay friends I have lots of gay friends and I think you might be one what's the deal (laughs) give me your answer I I think also a way would be sharing queer media if you were like holy shit I'm listening to this really cool podcast with these really cool bisexual girls and I think you would really like it because they're so funny and so they're smart. So funny. You could share it to them. And then they'll get to this part of the episode and be like, yo, are you trying to tell me I can come out to you? <laughs> they are. They are. You You're should s- do it. Go pause the podcast. Go do it. Well, wait. Did you do it? Oh my gosh. Yay! We're so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> so along those lines, you may find yourself. You may find yourself in a strange house. (laughs) This is not my beautiful wife. Um, Maybe someone has recently come out to you, a friend, a family member, um, or you've, you know, made friends with someone who is in the queer community and you want to talk to them about their experiences as a queer person because you're so curious, but you know that getting down and dirty with the questions would be a little rude. Rose, how how does an ally approach this situation? Okay, so first things first. It is totally normal to have four million questions. And they can range from like, how can I best support you to what the fuck does your sex life look like? I want to know everything. And those are Two very different levels of rudeness to ask someone, (laughs) particularly depending on how close and intimate you are with them. Yeah. So the first thing that you can do is not rely on your queer friend to be your queer Google. Yeah. You got Google. Go do some research. YouTube has a lot of really, really high quality LGBTQ sex education videos if you have those types of questions. They also cover all sorts of personal issues around queer folk. 
So yeah, I would say do your research and ask your friend if they have any resources that they like and would suggest you listening to yeah. or reading. I don't want to be biased about podcasts. Yeah. Watching, reading, whatever. We follow all the bisexuality related subreddits and those are a fount of information. They're amazing. Yeah. And they're funny. They got good memes. Autostraddle, that's kind of more pointed towards women, but it is a very good source of queer media if you're into reading. <laughs> um, there's Pink News, I think Pride News. Honestly, if you Google like queer, bisexual, lesbian, gay news, you're going to find some good sources. Also, the more that you consume, the more that your social media and platforms are going to be serving it up to you. Like I get these fucking Instagram advertisements for like finish your own lesbian erotica cartoon (laughs) apps. I don't know why, but it's always prison cellmates and oh, I'm like, oh. <laughs> like the girl on the top bunk is like I love her what should I do and then you like pick your option oh yeah 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 yeah. and I don't know why I'm I mean I'm I guess Instagram has now got that I'm interested in having sex with women it hasn't quite figured out my other niche fantasy <laughs> yeah. like like no less of this i'm in the desert island stuff i need it yeah i need to be a like secluded island coconut bras Mm -hmm. also probably not animated no shade (laughs) (laughs) just not my thing but yeah the algorithms are fucking crazy yeah also just following queer people on social media uh they're out there i'm gonna plug two that i started following and kind of sent me on a nice little tree these are both uh youtube makers who have a really big instagram presence one handle is Jessica out of the closet. Jessica Kelgren Fawzard. She's like a very, Jessica's like a very 1950s broad uh, who is super ultra high femme British and is disabled and talks about her disability a lot. And then the other girl would be Stevie Bobby. Um, she's really dope and she does explicit lesbian sex education. Annie also listed as an idea looking up history. Like Annie is the person who had mentioned the by history Instagram. Those are great places because you don't want to only have like pop culture references that aren't going to be super comprehensive. So looking those things up. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind that if you're watching a lot, especially if you're watching TV shows about queer characters, the queer experience is like so sensationalized. That particular media is probably the least informative television. Reading history, that's great. That's like an awesome way to to learn about queer culture. And then after you've imbibed all of this media, think about like everything that you've learned up until that point in your life. And now that you have this new information about like the history of queerness, and, you know, everyday life for queer people around the world. What has changed? And that's another good way to start a conversation with your queer friends. Like, man, I just read this book by Roxanne Gay. And she talks about this and this and this as she was growing up. And I just never considered that that would, like, be such an impactful part of someone's life. And they will probably have a, they'll at least be like, yeah, it's crazy, right? You know, they'll have a response to that. It'll likely mean something to them that you're 
putting out the effort to learn more. Yeah. And that's really meaningful. Yeah. There's so much content. There's so much content. I think knowing that you're not going to consume it all, but keeping an open mind and specifically asking for suggestions. Yeah. And it's, it's like a lot of it is really good. Like mm-hmm. a lot of it is really well written. Beautiful. There's some beautiful love stories. There's some great, I mean, there's a lot of shitty television, but there's some great television about the queer experience. Uh, it's Anything you're consuming from straight people, you should also try to consume it from some queer people. Hell yeah. Yep. Um, you included a letter in these notes from a dear friend of yours who is an ally. I assume they're an ally. Yeah, Lynn's a great ally. <laughs> yeah, I figured you wouldn't put her in here if she was like a... She's a real shit. I want to I want to bring it up right now. <laughs> this is a call out episode. Um, and it sounds like she wrote you a very honest and and supportive note. Uh, so Lynn wrote me a letter kind of explaining how she felt right after um, I started dating my girlfriend, who was the first woman that I became romantically involved with. She said, when you started dating Cassandra, I was like, rad. And I hate to admit this, and I'm sorry, but I was pretty sure it was going to be short-lived. Why? I don't know. Heteronormativity? I'm a D-bag? A combination of a bunch of bullshit. It wasn't until we had our chat after New Year's that I realized you were serious about this and had real-ass feelings and that I'm an idiot. I was happy as fuck for you. I still am. Cassandra rules. But I don't like that she is better than me at games. While also, of course, ruminating about... (laughs) myself and what my reaction to all of this meant mostly that I'm not the woke super genius I believe myself to be but I'm excited to learn more this podcast has answered a lot of questions I've been hesitant to ask you because for some reason in my mind acting like nothing has changed and I have never been surprised by anything is the nicest best most appropriate response I'm looking forward to keeping the door open and noticing all parts of my brain that go, well, that's just not how it is. And realizing that it's actually, well, that's just not how I am. (laughs) And I am ready to admit that when it comes to this, I'm feeling a little bit like I'm hanging out at a party and I don't know what to do with my hands. You know? All right. I love you. Oh, that's so sweet. It was a really very sweet response. And I think she hit a lot of the good notes that like it – didn't feel like it should be surprising, but it was surprising. Admitting that you don't know everything, showing love and support, and saying that you're interested in learning more. And Lynn does point out something very honestly that I, I very much appreciate because it's like so human and everyone does it. And that's when someone comes out to you or starts sharing more information about their queer experience with you everyone's immediate response is to be like okay how does this relate to me like what is this doing for me how do I get this to be talking about me actually and that's a normal response and you do have to check yourself and be like okay this moment is actually not for me it's for someone else I'm gonna let them have this and make sure they know that I care about them especially in a coming out situation like it's not about me yet I will have my time probably in the future. I just got to wait and make it about them for just a second. Just a second. Yeah. And I think it's obviously a really like clear observation. Yeah. She's not like, okay, great. It's great that you're bisexual. Does that mean that you've always wanted to fuck me? Yeah. 
That's, I mean, that's a, this is another pillar of being a good ally. And it is like, again, it is your go-to thought, right? Like you want it to be about you. And like, it's very flattering to think that the person maybe wanted to fuck you. But no, no, you're projecting. You, you want to fuck you. You want to fuck you, which is great. (laughs) Your self-esteem is through the roof. Yeah. But nah. Nah. So you have done your research. You watched the queer content, read it. You, you know, had a conversation that went well with, with, with your queer friends about queer media in general. And you still want to know about a specific person's specific experience. So first of all, you have your open mind hat on. And you also have your loving and supportive friend cap on. You need to recognize that a queer person's life is not representative of all queer people's lives. They almost always intersect with other identities. So race, religion, socioeconomic status, age, immigration status, where you live in the country. All of these things are factors and you should keep them in mind and know that the experience you're getting isn't true for all LGBTQ people. Yep. Secondly, you want to start with asking if they're comfortable talking about it. Somebody might have come out to you and been like, okay, we did that. Never have to talk to you about it again. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Or they might be like, I really want to talk to you about it. You're, you're a friend who I'm super close with. And a lot of this will be based on your relationship with that person and their friendship style. Totally. And that's the thing, like you as an ally have this this impulse to make it about you. Maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you're a good person and you don't. But I always have an impulse to make things about We're me. Leo. <laughs> so like when someone I know asks me about myself, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll tell you all about myself. Yeah, like I can't wait. Yeah. And when you ask, like, you don't have to be like, hey, are you okay if I you can just say, hey, I want to talk about your experience. Um, if I ask you anything that crosses a line, let me know. Obviously, you don't have to answer it. Yeah. And what can you do to help people who haven't specifically come out to you and just help like the community as a whole? Maybe you're like, okay, I see my friend is existing in this community and I want my friend to grow up in a world where like that community is making people have better lives on a daily basis. What can I do to push that agenda forward? I think one of the first things that you can do is kind of normalize it in life, in your everyday life. Um, And there are a few really quick things that you can do to that. So you can refer to partners in gender neutral terms. So if you don't know somebody's sexuality, instead of assuming that they're straight, Asking them uh, about romantic partners, not saying boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. This is some of the tips that I got from Reddit. And uh, they said if their friends are talking about attractive celebrities, making sure to cover a breadth of of genders. And they said they realize it sounds silly, but it does help to normalize things. I don't think that's silly. I also don't think it's silly because if somebody's always talking about a specific gender, it's kind of erasing the fact that you're interested in both. And if someone is always talking about a specific person, they are a stalker. Or like a mega fan, Stevie Bobby, don't worry about it. <laughs> you're cool. <laughs> Talk about you all the time. 
<laughs> on the podcast cutting room floor there's just hours and hours of me talking about Stevie Bobby and how cool she is it's true it's true so just basically doing the things that you would do with any friend um but giving it like a queer tint so queer memes queer songs but not exclusively that yeah so, no. <laughs> yeah you don't want to be like I know that Annie's bisexual it's the only thing I know about her like, I'm going to send Annie a bunch of cool shit about anime and weird AI and bicycles and bisexuality. Yeah. I'm not on the social medias, but if you find my hidden accounts and you want to DM me some, like, cool anime robots riding bicycles that are bisexual, I would appreciate it. Another tip to not normalize is don't fetishize and don't fixate. People are complex and they're whole. So that's exactly that. Don't don't make that the only thing you know about your friend anymore. Yeah. Um, and include people's partners if they have them as you would no matter what gender they were. I mean, like if you're treating your friend as a person and not just a stereotype, then also do that for their partner. Uh, I think another thing to keep in mind is not treating somebody's partner differently than you would because of their gender like on both sides. So don't exclude my girlfriend because she's my girlfriend. And also don't include her in things that you wouldn't invite my boyfriend to because she's a girl. Like if I'm having a girl's night and it's going to be me and my three best friends, I'm not bringing my girlfriend because she's a girl and it's girls hanging out because that's weird if you're bringing your husbands I'm gonna be like dude why are your husbands here this is fucking weird yeah that's so that's so real so just good to keep in mind you think you're doing real good yeah there are definitely friends events and then there are friends and partners events and like they're different they're different they're so different wow what a great great addition so essential Yeah, because, like, if you are the person inviting someone on a girls' night trip or, like, a girls' night, uh, girls' night trip? Girls' trip. Girls' weekend. Yeah. And you invite your friend who is a girl and her girlfriend, what you're basically saying is, oh, that's just your friend. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, and it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. (gasps) Yeah. Um, I also have a note on here that if you're close to someone who is queer and who is trying to date and get out there, be a wingman. If if you feel comfortable doing that, uh, it's a great way to be an ally. They might be a little shy, especially if they've just come out of the closet. Um, they are probably interested in becoming closer with other queer people in, you know, maybe in a sexual sense, but also just trying to get to know their community a little better. And it's so much easier to attend events and go out to bars or like cafes or out in public or to pride if you are not alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So be a wingman, like we were just saying, just a normal wingman experience though. Like you don't have to, don't do anything you wouldn't do if you weren't wingmanning for a straight person. So you don't have to talk a lot about how you love the gays you, or how gay your friend is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would never be like, hey, this is my friend Jim. He's real straight. Did you know that? 
just saying extreme that would be maybe like you're trying to like prove a point another important thing about being an ally is confronting people when you hear them speaking negatively about the queer community um, or reinforcing harmful stereotypes this this may be i mean it can happen anytime it can happen on the subway it can happen on the street it can happen at your family reunion it can happen at thanksgiving dinner it can happen while you're getting drinks with your dad outside of a bar and he starts talking about how he supports all the bathroom bills in north carolina it could be that you as an ally have a <laughs> you have a could be your mom talking about how victoria's secret shouldn't have a trans model oh, jesus you have an obligation to say something and it like doesn't have to be a big blowout fight the more you can speak up and say hey what you're saying i don't agree with it and i think that it actually makes life really hard for a lot of people just know that I don't think this is right. You're not having, yeah. Um, you don't have to flip a table and say our relationship is over, but just even not- like notifying, saying, hey, what you're saying is actually from a place of hate. You might not recognize it now. We can either discuss it more in a calm manner or maybe at a later time, or we can move on because this isn't a conversation I'm interested in hearing your opinion on yeah in this scenario yeah which is super hard to remain calm during it's so hard i think we've talked about it before but like sometimes you just want to you want to shout and call names and it's not it's not helpful it does make you feel better though (laughs) but you shouldn't do it go find your queer ally friends who you can shout at and they're going to be like, you're right. That is ridiculous. And you're like, I know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But if you are, if if you're trying to be an ally, if you're trying to push the discourse forward, I think you do have an obligation to approach these kind of conversations calmly and try to expand outside of that echo chamber that you probably do want to like immediately run to and be like hey i think you're wrong i i know having talked to people from this community that these are the the words that hurt them the most Mm -hmm. and these are the ideas that hurt them the most and i have a really good book that i'd like you to read or a really good article and they may they may not they may not answer that but and they may have some bullshit reason for being hateful that they have somehow twisted into like being justified in their mind it's not anyone's single person job to change the mind of everyone you interact with but by speaking up you're putting it on their radar and a lot of times just knowing that someone they know is hurt by those words, whether or not that person is an active member of the community, can be enough to make them say, okay, well, at least I'll think about it before I say it again. A lot of the times people say hateful things in a conspiratorial way. Like, it's just us straights here. Yeah. So I'm safe to say what I feel. 
letting them know like, no, there's no in club where this is okay for you to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not here for this. We may be related and you may think that I have like an obligation to protect what you're saying, but I super don't and I'm not going to. Um, and this goes back to what I said at the beginning, which is it's important to show that queer people are living fulfilling and fun lives because the more that that positive stereotype gets reinforced the like fewer legs the critics have to stand on you know um which isn't to say like oh as a queer person you have an obligation to always be happy and like celebrating but like when you have moments that you can celebrate do it do it do it good really relish it um because then you get to point to those moments to the haters and be like look at how fun it is look at how happy this person is look at how like much joy they're bringing into the world and you you're a hater you're a hater why are you hating you're making it worse they're making it better you don't get to win you don't win today yeah yeah and it's like their joy is doing nothing but shining a light and your hate is actually hurting other people yeah so. also you may run into a situation where um someone is labeled incorrectly uh be that they are given the wrong pronouns or they are called bisexual when really they prefer pansexual or they're referred to as someone's friend when they're really someone's boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or husband or wife and as an ally i think you have an obligation to be like hey uh that's not that's not the term they prefer those aren't the pronouns they prefer they prefer blank um or that's so-and-so's girlfriend yeah their friend the first time somebody makes a slip up a correction or just restating what they said like yes she does feel that way when someone has incorrectly um used a pronoun or they are really good at that (laughs) if somebody uses they them and usually if you put the emphasis on the correct pronoun Hopefully, people will pick up where you're putting down. Yeah. But in some cases, you do just have to simply say it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be aggressive. Just, oh, actually, almost like they've never heard it before. Yeah. Actually, this. Yeah. Also, as an ally, there's lots of ways you can get involved in the community. I think one of the coolest ways, if you feel like financially contributing to the queer community, is to really support your your local community uh, via the community center often those are the programs that are you know making sure that young queer people who temporarily don't have a home um, have a place to stay for the night they are the ones like finding jobs for people they are handing out wellness kits for people in the community so they are they are like direct action which is very cool not to say that the other organizations don't do that but but you'll be making the most direct um, action with your local community, yeah. which means that you'll probably be privy to like a direct line what your money did. Um, if you don't feel like you have the financial ability to support those types of campaigns or you want to do more in support of it, you can also be visible in your allyship. That can include something as simple as posting um, on social media for Pride Month Hey, just showing my love and support for everyone who's a member of the community celebrating Pride this month. 
um, or sharing some of the content that you've now filled your feeds with and you're consuming. Share news, share research, share cool things, noting that the creator is from a member of that community, just kind of getting it out there. Totally. Uh, Vote. Vote is a good thing to do. If you're eligible to vote. If you're eligible to vote, you should vote. But if you are eligible to vote, please vote. Please vote. Please vote. Please vote. It's so important. A Reddit user said, words are nice, but people also need homes, jobs, healthcare, etc. The best thing that an ally can do is exercise their right to vote if they are eligible to advance equal rights. That being said, we need to vote as well and encourage our community to do the same. So you can vote, you can register people to vote, you can promote voting, you can canvas for a candidate that you really like if you find one, you can do nonpartisan. There are tons of organizations um, that do nonpartisan voter registration. If you feel like it, post where you're polling places. If you live in a state where you have to travel to vote, post where it is on social media, offer to give people rides. If you are in a position of power at work, you know, give people an extra two hours that morning to go into the polls and vote or let people leave on their lunch breaks and go vote. Just make sure if you have the ability to allow other people to vote, give them every opportunity to do so. Attend activist events. Uh, There's a lot of intersection here too. So if you find yourself at a Black Lives Matter event or at a Moms Demand Action event, I would say blanket statement here. <laughs> it's cool to also be an ally to those things and to the queer community. That's my general feeling. A lot of Reddit users said selective allyship is not the m- most evolved version of allyship. Yeah. Being discriminatory towards those overlapping identities such as religion and race and socioeconomic status and immigration status is also not the best form of allyship. Yeah. And I think that's something if you're an ally who, you know, is maybe dipping their toes in the queer community for the first time and you're beginning to go through all the all the media that we've suggested, like books and movies and, and TV shows and journalism, you'll begin to see the stories of queer people who intersect in all those identities pop up because they're really important stories. And I, I think that if you're not exposed to stories of queer immigrants, for example, you'll begin to see the patterns that have made being queer hard for queer people are the same kind of patterns that have made being an immigrant hard for immigrants you know which isn't to say that they're the same experience but like the systems of oppression that have made those communities marginalized have like the same goal and I think that's a great thing to flag as um we talked about being an ally if you are a member of the community because those stories exist but they are far less prominent than the stories of the cis white folks so I think amplifying those stories if you are in a place to do so and advocating for those folks rights as well hell yeah 
Allyship is a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. Journey, baby. Um, okay, so there's also just a note, P flag. I'm not a parent, um, but I am certainly family and friends of lesbian and gays, which is what P flag originally stood for. Now it's just P flag, not an acronym for anything. Um, true sign of excellent branding. Well, okay. The acronym started getting buck wild at a certain point. Did it? Was it like PPFFFFF? I mean, like all of the queer acronyms at a certain point, everyone, I think, at a certain point decided like, you know what? We want to put more words in here, but we we have to cut ourselves off. We have to limit. We have to limit. Yeah. Okay. So PFLAG, nice and simple, was founded in 1972, and its goal is to unite people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer with families, friends, and allies. They're committed to advancing equality through a mission of support, education, and advocacy. They have 400 chapters and 200,000 supporters. They have a resource on pflag.org for Advocacy 101 if you're interested in learning about how you can make your voice heard and have an impact. And then they also offer a lot of classes online for free. I don't know. It might sound corny. If you're a queer person and you're coming out to someone... It might sound a little corny to be like, go to go to P Flag and like learn how to be an ally, but it's a really good resource. They have a lot of information. Like it's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning. Also, you might remember, or it might have been cut. The tips for parents when someone comes out to you is tips for the person who's hearing it. Um, they're getting a lot of new information. They're learning a lot. They're hopefully trying to be open and vulnerable so having a resource that offers them support for their feelings and their journey and their process are is super helpful so you're kind of being like here's a way that I support you yeah please support me back yeah it's good give a little get a little yeah um this next point is very good I didn't even think about this what do you do as an ally when you feel like you may be messed up and you weren't a very good ally we could revoke their allyship card immediately yeah they get kicked out out of the club uh blacklisted from all the gay clubs they're no longer welcome yes as we have discussed many times on this podcast there is an underground network of um it's like uh it's like john wick it's like the john wickiverse where we're all it's like we're all assassins who have our own like financial system and communications method, but it we don't kill people. We just are queer. So um, we'll know. Is John Wick just the Matrix? I haven't seen the Matrix you, or John Wick. Or Queer Eye? Yeah, it is basically just The Matrix. Okay, cool. I mean, not that that gives you any context because you also haven't seen The Matrix. <laughs> it's like Neo. It's a Christ story. I get it. It is a Christ story. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. See, I know it better than you do. <laughs> I guess so. You got me. It's another great reaction to have when somebody opens up to you i know better than you know. I know better than you. yeah well that uh, is maybe how you messed up as an ally someone came out to you and you were like oh actually well actually <laughs> bisexuality started in 1877 when ernest bisexual johnson kissed his wife and 
one of his sailor friends at the same time. Here's the total history of bisexuality. So you've done that. You said you said a lot of you made up a lot of weird shit <laughs> and espoused it as if it was true because you were having a panic. It's okay. We all panic. The best thing that you can do is admit that you have done something that hurt someone. Yeah. I mean, that's always the best thing to do when you've hurt someone. The best thing you can do. You should apologize. Yeah. You should listen. You should learn. And you should take corrective action if you need. I once read on the internet, somebody said, oh, I did this fucked up thing. I'm trying to apologize. I think it was on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, I did this fucked up thing. I'm trying to apologize. And what should I get for my significant other to tell them that I'm sorry? Somebody commented and said, never doing the thing that you did again. Yeah. Which is so true. You can't undo what you've done. You can just give a very genuine apology and never do it again. Yeah. As with any apology having to do with anything, there's a chance the person will not forgive you. But the point is not to get forgiveness. It is to be a better person in the future. Yes. You're not trying to have forgiveness. You're trying to change. Yes. I don't know if if I even fully get that a lot of times. Sometimes when I fuck up, my first instinct is to be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And and I need I need the I forgive you. And I'm not even saying sorry because I genuinely feel sorry I just need to feel better Um, and that's that's pretty messed up of me it's not a great look yeah but it's good to keep in mind that like we're all humans who have impulses and we're not all going to be perfect we're all works in progress and you have to try to check yourself to check those impulses of like I'm apologizing. Please accept it so that we can move on and be fine. Yeah. To be like, I'm sorry and I'm going to sit in it for a minute. Yeah. I'm going to sit in my mess. Yeah. Be prepared to mess up and be prepared to be called out on it and not get defensive. Yeah. And if you do get defensive, be prepared to apologize for not only the thing you did that was wrong, but also getting immediately defensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great advice. It's hard. Being vulnerable will go miles and miles with people. Yeah. If you can honestly say, I'm really sorry you called me out on that and I got super defensive because I know what I did was wrong. Yeah. And it's hard to hear. Yeah. That's a great apology. Jot that down. Everyone write that down. And hope you never have to use it. (laughs) Yeah. We wanted to give some shout outs to some listeners, uh, in particular, Stephen whose email made me do a big cry while I was cooking dinner. So I loved that email. I particularly appreciated it. And thank thank you, Stephen. Stephen, you're fantastic. We love you. Good luck. Good luck. And good night. Mad support. (laughs) Uh, If you want to write to us, our email is hellogoodbyes42069 at gmail.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-G-O-O-D. B-I-S-4-2-0-6-9. Um, also, if you want to be featured on the podcast, perhaps you can call. Nope. You can just leave us a voicemail on the internet. 
Uh, we'll put that link and the email in the show notes. That link is anchor.fm slash hello goodbyes slash message. Message, yeah. You can record yourself um, leaving a message for us, just like they used to do on something called Voichamail. 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 Yeah, I never listened to those. <laughs> um, we also have some weekly bylights. Well, Rose does. I don't have any. By lights. I'm going to run through them really quickly. We'll put the links in the show notes. Men's Health ran an article about five tips to come out to your wife as bi, which I thought was great. That's so cool. A researcher did the first study about bisexuality and aging. They compared two studies um, conducted in the U.S. and the U.K. by Sarah Jen, an assistant professor of social welfare at University of Kansas, and Rebecca Jones of the Open University in the United Kingdom. Some of their findings included bisexual women felt ostracized by the feminist movement in the 1970s because they weren't willing to push away from men and destroy the patriarchy by excluding men since they were still sexually attracted to them. They felt like they got a lot of hate and exclusion for that. And then bisexual men who grew up during the HIV and AIDS epidemic felt a lot of trauma and were outcasted mm. um, during the epidemic because they were seen as people who were cross-contaminating. Oh, wow. So taking a gay disease and yeah. making straight people experience it, which of course HIV AIDS is not a gay disease, though it was an epidemic among the gay community. It wouldn't be bisexual news without some bad shit. Uh, the GOP is attempting to recall bisexual governor of Oregon. Gate. What the fuck am I saying? Gate Brown. Gate Brown. Kate Brown. Uh, they have cited her laws uh, to try and slow down climate change and also allowing undocumented immigrants to drive. Yeah, I mean, sounds like a bad lady trying to. It's wild. She, I think she came out and called it, quote, crazy dude kate brown has to put up with some bullshit in my fine home state of oregon which i love and i treasure it's a it's the wild west out there mixed bag yeah it's a real mixed bag don't uh don't listen to everything portlandia tells you <laughs> yeah, so fight hard kate brown and then demi burnett came out as bisexual on bachelor in paradise I don't watch the show, but I got this pro tip from Leah. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Leah. Demi, she said that by bi, bisexual paradise, <laughs> bisexual paradise, <laughs> that is a reality show I would watch the heck out of. There is a show on MTV called like, am I the one that is all bisexuals? I think MTV, give us a call. We're your new EPs. We got we got a plan. <laughs> um, so, OK, so Demi Burnett. She came out on Bisexual in Paradise. Leah told me, who gave me this tip, she told me that they have had some problematic bisexual coming out in the past mm -hmm. and that this time it was handled very well. Oh. Um, Demi comes out to Derek, who I guess is The Bachelor, and uh, he's like really understanding. He does a really good job of listening, thanking her, um, and then Claire, like they're in a romantic endeavor, so clarifying what that means for them. Yeah, and then they actually had her, the woman that she had been seeing before she came on to the show. Oh, cool. Come to Bachelor in Paradise. And so Demi broke up with Derek and said, when I saw her, 
she's the one. Oh my god. I gotta I gotta go. I mean that's that's like totally fabricated by the producers, but I I love it. I'm here for it. And honestly, <laughs> this had the best fucking memes. It was like like lesbians waiting for Demi's girlfriend to show up so they can see if they know anyone who dated her. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's very good. It was great. It was great. Um, so those are my highlights. Hell yeah. Uh, I did a little bit of a deep dive into history, which also turned into my Bising Star for the week. Um, I forget how I got started on this, but I came across a court case called Romer v. Evans. It was a it was a case that went all the way from the Colorado State Supreme Court to the federal Supreme Court of the United States. In the end, the Supreme Court found that an amendment of the Colorado State Constitution violated the Federal Equal Protection Clause. Amendment 2 of the Colorado State Constitution said that there would be no protected status based on homosexual, lesbian, or bisexual orientation. So it basically denied... um, anyone who identified as homosexual, lesbian, or bisexual to seek and receive specific legal protection from workplace discrimination. The amendment, therefore, kind of took bisexuality seriously. Um, It was definitely still denying them the right to, like, seek legal counsel if they were discriminated against, but it did specifically call bisexuals out. Um, Yay! And, and it was also found to be illegal at a certain point, but the Supreme Court decision that was handed down saying that this constitutional amendment was illegal subsumed bisexuals into the homosexual category, which, like, this will probably sound a little boring to some of our listeners, but, like, it is a little problematic because... A lawyer could argue that bisexuals are no longer protected under this court decision. So only homosexuals are protected based on the, the wording of this decision. So it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's good for homosexuals. It's bad for bisexuals. When did this happen? You're going you're gonna to fact check me? No, 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 no. I'm curious if this is recent or... So it was a 1996 case. Yeah, so it's important because um, we need specific legal language pointing out our, our rights as people, as bisexuals. Um, I found this court case after I read a paper by Ken Yoshino, Kenji Yoshino, who is a legal scholar and Chief Justice Earl Warren Professor of Constitutional Law at NYU School of Law. I went to NYU. Rose went to NYU. 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 <laughs> um, the paper is called The Epistemic Contract of Bisexual Erasure, and it talks a lot about the different facets of our culture that erase bisexuality for varying reasons, mostly because it makes the interests of monosexuals diminished. Um, it's It's a pretty dense read but it's good and there are some real pearls in there that talk about like real world consequences of bisexual erasure including this this court case i found myself agreeing a lot with what yoshino is saying kind of taking issue with his definition of bisexuality 
Uh, this is an older paper, so some of the wording is a little dated. You can read the paper and, and decide whether or not you take issue with that. Um, and it's okay to disagree with someone also. Or to agree with parts of their argument and not all of it. Yeah. Um, who is your bising star? My bising star uh, is Sharon Dollywall. I looked up how to pronounce it and I straight up do not remember. <laughs> I looked her up on YouTube to make sure that I was pronouncing it correctly. Um, Sharon Dollywall. Uh, they're an editor of Burnt Roti. I believe they're also the founder. Uh, that's a magazine showcasing South Asian writers and artists. And they write a lot about visibility among LGBTQ South Asians. Uh, they recently tweeted, Hey, if you want to be a part of my research paper I'm putting together around definitions, history of scientific study, and the role of gender in bisexuality, please contact me. I'm looking for all genders and races globally. Email at Sharon Dollywall at burntroti.com. So I'll include all of that in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually found Sharon because they wrote an article for The Guardian about how they have been rejected on dating sites because oh. they listed bisexual in their profile. Uh, interesting. Hot topic around these parts. Very buzzy. <laughs> cool do you need any uh advice i do need advice i need advice this week about how to vet political candidates for their allegiance to um lgbtqia plus rights um it's coming up right right up around the corner is election season and it's i mean i don't know i think it's kind of fun to research political candidates but i am not aware of any like websites that specifically call out candidates who are lgbtqia plus friendly and if you know of ways to vet candidates based on that issue in particular those issues in particular please let me know it's a great question and i think the difficult thing is that there's some some candidates have a whole section on their website about their history usually only the positive things but it would be great to just see an objective equal fair assessment of all of them yeah and i should clarify i'm also specifically looking for um people who are running for u.s senate or president do you have advice call God, for advice yeah uh yes how do you stress the importance of not being selective an, a selective ally to the lgbtq community for example if Perhaps a family member is saying transphobic things to you. How can you stress that that also hurts me? It hurts me. Yeah. Without getting into a, a big argument. And maybe it's a person from an older generation who may struggle to, who may, who may have had some confusion about bisexuality. Yeah. Um, how can you stress the importance of being an inclusive ally without alienating or shaming a family member? Yes. Very good question. I would also love to know the answer. Yeah. Give us your advice or just your thoughts, just how you're feeling. Uh, we, we love to hear from you. Hello, goodbyes for 2069 at gmail.com. Or click the link in the show notes and leave us a voicemail. Yeah. You could hear yourself someday. <laughs> All right. Should we do our sign off? 
Goodbye from the goodbyes. Wow, 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 wow,